Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today, this morning in fact John Hughes is joining me we've got a game of football to watch John how good is this? <laughs> well, I'm pretty excited I have to say uh, which is uh, why I've just found myself coming on I am supposed to be uh, working for a living but you know, I decided uh, to just come on and uh, have a wee chat instead um, one of these, but, it's, it's been a long time coming John Yeah, 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 yeah no, it's, it's, it's good and and very interestingly, uh, this is no uh, bounce game lineup, is it? No, you know? absolutely not. Um, I, I was I was looking forward to seeing uh, some action when we went over to Portugal. It wasn't really to be like everybody else. I saw the unique angle of the goals and things like that, John. But you know, th- there was very little you could take from that. I, I noticed that Bernabe. Uh, played a brilliant ball through for one of the goals. Summers, Vata were involved. And I think, you know, that that's about all I could really take from it. So from today, you've got the lineup to pour over and analyse and theorise about, and then you've got the action. So you're going to join me for the pre-match. We're going to have Jerry coming in at halftime. And then you and I will do the, the bulletin with um, young Patrick as normal at 12.30, which will obviously cover the last 15 minutes of the game and the post-match as well. Um, we'll run through the, the team. I'm pretty sure most people tuning in will have seen it. Um, and by the way, this wasn't announced per se, but we always go half an hour before a game kicks off, John. The Portuguese ones, we had no action to speak of. So unfortunately, yeah. we couldn't cover them. So I'll bring the team up, actually, because as you say, it very much is a... For me, a very strong or the strongest we can. And I've seen some concerns online about the fact that it's weak. I, I, I'm not so sure about that. I get people's concerns. We've not got any of the, the new signing in, signings in there. So here's the team. Here we go. We've got Joe Hart and Goals with, right, I'm going to read the names out. Then we'll figure out where they're playing, John, right? <laughs> Taylor, Starfelt, Haksabanovic, Abada, Kobayashi, Tomoko, O'Reilly, Maeda, Hitati, and McGregor. Right. So here, here's my lineup. I, I think this is how we're going to shape up, John. And you can tell me if you agree or disagree. So obviously, Joe, Joe and goals. Left back, Greg Taylor. We'll come back to him because I think he'll be playing more of a traditional left back position. Right back's a big question mark. I'm going to say it's a water. The reason for that is he has played there over in Japan. He has played there for this very side, in actual fact, I, I would say Awata is going to be playing right back. Um, then you've got Starfield Kobayashi in the middle. 
Kobayashi playing on the left, Starfield and his preferred right. The midfield made, made up of O'Reilly, McGregor and Hatati. And this is, again, one of these things. It could be fluid or it could be rigid. You've got Abada and Maeda. Um, Abada who can play through the middle, Maeda who can play through the middle, and Hak Sabanovic. So, is Hak Sabanovic on the wing and Abada through the middle? Or is Hak Sabanovic on the wing and Maeda through the middle? I'm not sure. I'm going to say Maeda goes through the middle with Hak Sabanovic off the left. What's your thoughts, John? Um, I, I agree. Um it actually took me a minute when I saw the lineup. I had to put it down on paper because I was like, wait, mm-hmm. where's the up playing then? So it took me a minute. I realised that it had to be him. It's either him or Kobayashi, um, which is going to be very interesting, actually. You know, at the, basically at the end of the season, uh, Awata was Starfield's partner, not yeah. Kobayashi. Mm-hmm. So if that, uh, if that remains the same... I'd say uh, Kobayashi better be a very good uh, uh, fullback because he's banging trouble <laughs> in his favourite position. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see who partners Starfield. But I think you're right. I think it's more likely. I think Awata is probably the more mobile of the two, uh, and the more dynamic of the two. So I, I think he will play fullback. Uh, uh, my front three, I just went with the... Uh, the usual uh, front three. Um, so, well, with the with the exception of Maeda, I put Maeda through the middle, but I only did that because really it's Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, that's where he plays. Uh, so, you know, uh, that that's what he's uh, the, the role that he's most well known for. Um, you know, playing through the middle in Japan, not for us, obviously, but I just you know maybe it's just a nod to you know where we are. Yeah. on this tour mm-hmm. um, but I mean none of them are none of them are certain forwards like they can all play through the middle but none, none of them are you you wouldn't be you you wouldn't be clamouring for any of them in those in that position so um, it'll be interesting to see when Kyogo comes on uh, what happens but yeah that, that is for you know a, a first game uh, that's really quite a strong lineup. Is. Uh, far more so than I thought it would be. But it was uh, Liam was saying yesterday, which I thought was interesting, is basically just this is going to be a tough game because uh, they're right in the middle of their season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know they're they're in peak physical condition, uh, much like myself uh, and me and me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're 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 really. They're at it, so you know it's going to be a bit of a, a, a maybe a physical shock for our guys because you know um, the the difference between pre-season and the mid-season is is pretty vast, um, you know, and they won't be a shabby side. They'll be a decent enough side, um, mm. uh, and so this is going to be a real test, which I think is why you see what is essentially our strongest midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no argument about that now really uh, the Moyes away um, so it's our strongest midfield it looks to be the best backline that we could put out uh, and the only person missing from the front three uh, really is uh, Kyogo because you wouldn't you wouldn't be starting with O um, unless we're playing him on the wing so you know Leaving it, leaving out the 
obviously the new guys, I mean, the, the Korean boys haven't even been actually announced yet, have they? Not no. officially. No, I, I, I was said the other day there, John, I think it was probably, you know, there was a, a, an element of strategy in so far as we were meant to be going to South Korea after the Japan leg. Mm. And I think at that point, you know, they would have announced them. Um, at some point, you would expect maybe routine now in the game against Wolves, there, there will be an announcement there. Um, and of course, there's been a wee bit of speculation around a couple of other players this morning. So we'll have a look at them as well. Couple of things again, going back to the Portuguese games, John, and like you said, right, even those games, they're a bit of a workout, but you're not going to get up to anywhere near the match fitness that um, our opponents are at today. And also, something that's been kind of little said over the last few weeks because of the impact of Brendan Rodgers' arrival is that this was the big homecoming for the big fella, Big Ange. Just shows you how quickly football changes, right? (laughs) Because he's not even turned up for his own birthday party, right? So um, what I was going to say about Kobayashi Starfield... Oh, I'm sorry. Can I just add then, doesn't that make Rangers spitting the dummy out in the Australia thing even funnier? (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) And by the way, it's interesting to see how um, they were able to report on that somehow as a positive... Superb during the week. Starfelt and Kobayashi, during the week, it was Liam I was talking to, and I said, what do we do with Kobayashi? Because I was going back, John, to the fact that he's over here like, you know, any import. He's over here. He's in a different land. He's trying to adapt to the culture. He's trying to adapt to the game um, as well, the speed of the game, the physicality of the game. And, you know, it's so, so highly rated to the point where you're thinking, oh, we've we've done our business really early here. We've got Kobayashi in at centre-half. And he's going to be that backup that we need in that position. So much so that we allowed Marie Schentz to obviously end his loan deal early, John. And he, he's he gone on to Pastors New. But then he started playing. And, and we're looking at him thinking, right, this isn't really what we were expecting. Liam rates him highly, regards him as a future Japanese internationalist, first choice. But what I was saying to Liam is, right, he's had a few bad games. Right, every footballer will go through a patch like that. So, what do you do? Do you throw him in a scrap heap like Jack Hendry and various other centre halves, or indeed, John, do you play him in these two games in Japan? You try and build up his confidence again, which is going to be low, in and not a safe environment, but a safer environment because he's obviously he's in his homeland, right? And you've seen some of the, you know, everybody has been the media has been around the Japanese contingent plus Nakamura. Uh, and it's all been about that, which is understandable. So you think to yourself, give him the games, let him play through it, John, and hopefully the player we thought we signed is still in there. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you still have people, uh, whenever you mention Jack Henry, uh, bad games stick in people's minds to the point where they just can't get past it. Mm-hmm. So no matter what he's gone on and done now, uh, I mean, if he, if, you know, if he, uh, basically turned into you know the new Virgil van Dyke. There'll be still be people saying, Oh, I remember that game, he was at St. Mirren or something like that, he turned inside out, all that sort of stuff. So um you still have people saying he's not good enough to play for us. So having a lot of bad games is problematic because it gives people, you know, football fans are fickle and they're not patient uh, and things stick in the mind. And Tony Ralston has suffered from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, dramatically, even when he started playing well and was clearly playing well, 
you know, man of the match in some games, he had, oh, just the usual comments were, he's garbage, he's not good enough, he's not the answer, all the rest of it. No matter how, you know, given the, you, you know, he's just played a blinder and people are still saying that. Yeah. Because people people cannot get past the fact they've made up their own minds, you know, about a player and they just can't, they, they can't change their mindset. So the problem with Kobayashi is now everyone thinks he's soft. So everyone thinks he's weak, everyone thinks he's soft, and we play in a physical league where you are the only thing that 99% of the teams, and especially um, it looks like, uh, you know, across the city, it's Hammer Throwers United over there at the moment. It's, you know, they're, 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 uh, they seem to be signing, uh, uh, I don't know, a lot of... Uh, literal hammer. Actually, that's what was the like. song in the eighties, John? Let's get physical. Was it Olivia <laughs> Newton John? Check <laughs> out the video. It's vintage eighties. Let's yeah, get physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was definitely a product of the eighties, Olivia. Um, but um, yeah, no, they, they, they got a load of big guys now. That's clear. Their game plan is to try and uh, be as physical as possible. Yeah. So that that gives us a problem with Kobayashi uh, and um, you know he's he was far too easily pushed around far too easily pushed off the ball that's what I have in my memory of him so I'm not blaming other people for you know having those same images when I think of him I think of him getting pushed about mm. uh, and guys just leaving him for dead so he, he, he did not look up to scratch at all which is why essentially Awata was playing at centre half if you're getting you know if you are getting moved out of your preferred position by a utility player uh, and a guy who's primarily a defensive midfielder, then it's a problem. You know, there's mm-hmm. no question it's a problem. I just didn't fancy him. So, you know, Brendan's given him a chance here. There's a, you know, whether this is down to just injuries or whether it's down to the fact we're in Japan uh, and, uh, you know, it's very, very unlikely he's going to get pushed around in these games because they're very, very unlikely to try and play that sort of tactic. Uh, so he should be grand. I don't know about his future, though. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens, because uh, obviously Brendan is assessing the squad. Um, and, you know, even in training games, guys are there to make an impression themselves. So that if they think he can be pushed around, if they think that's a weakness, even his own teammates will do that to him. Yeah, uh, you know, because they they're trying to make an impression themselves. So, Definitely. you know, it's, it's I, I don't know where he stands to be honest with you. I mean, Stephen Welsh is on the bench there, um, and you know, if, if Welsh hadn't been injured, I think at that point, or which I think he was, uh, you know, would Welsh have been better than Kobayashi for some of those games? I would say yes, and I would say that's how we ended up with the water uh, playing in there, but. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, Stephen was injured, wasn't he? Refresh my memory. He was yeah. uh, leading up to the final, and then he made the bench yeah. for the yeah. final. He made the bench for yeah. the final, John. But so, you know, uh, Stephen's not a bad player. People forget that. No, uh, you know, he's 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 not a mug. Uh, he's a decent enough player, can hold his own, uh, and he's he's slightly below the level that you know we want our top centre halves to be, but not by much. You know, and he's still young and he's still developing. So if we're going to give Kobayashi the benefit of the doubt, you know, why not Stephen Welsh? That that's an interesting question because um it goes back to that old uh adage of this is a boy that's come through, John, therefore we're going to criticize him. Whereas we've actually shelled out money for this import Kobayashi 
and we'll support them and we'll back them and they'll get more chances. The thing with Welsh, I wrote a blog the other day, yesterday actually, uh, in relation to some comments that Brendan Rodgers made about trimming the squad. And when I looked at the squad, including the three guys that are out on loan at the moment, we've got a squad, a first team squad of 38, right? Mm -hmm. And you're looking at that thinking that's far too bloated. And Brendan spoke about 25 being the, the squad uh, and 17 being your core. So I was looking at how he's going to trim it. And Stephen Welsh came into that discussion because it looked as though when um, you know Ange came in, he plays he plays twenty four games of football for Ange Postecoglou. Let me just double check: twenty four games he plays in the first season. So he's in and around the team, John, but he's not like a, a first team starter. But he's definitely one of the backups, and he's getting enough appearances at his age, I would guess. But then last season he only makes six appearances, which is not enough for a for a boy of his age. Um, and yeah, he did have some injury problems. He's 23 years of age and he's had interest from um, Hellas, Verona, Udinese and Toulouse now. So I actually think that Welsh is on his way out, but I would put him in the same category as the likes of David Turnbull and Mikey Johnson. That It would not surprise me if Brennan Rodgers was to turn that type of player around and resurrect and revitalise them in a Celtic jersey. And I hope that is the case because I'm a fan of Welsh. I really am. I mean, that goal he scored against Aberdeen, special goal, John, for a few different reasons, special goal. And I think that um, he's a guy that, you know, a bit like the Ralston effect, we get on his back a wee bit too much. On the right-hand side, Awata, that just shows you what a couple of injuries can do for you. Even with a squad so bloated as 38, John, Couple of injuries and we're playing a water. And I say out of position, he's actually played 31 games at right back over in Japan. Um, so th there's going to be an element of um, him being comfortable out there. But then I think back to how Rogers used to utilise his fullbacks, John, right? So one of them would bomb forward and it was primarily Kieran Tierney because he was brilliant at that. And the other one would slot into a back three. So whilst we're in possession and we're attacking, the back, it would become a back three and the left back becomes a left winger and that was Tierney you didn't see much of that as he got older from Mika Lustig and just looking at his physical build I'm not expecting it from Awata either to be honest with you so I'm guessing there's going to be a big onus on Taylor to be the overlapping fullback today yeah I don't know I don't know about that I, I, I'm really impressed by Awata and certain and if you look at so He's got defensive capabilities because he's essentially a defensive midfielder. Uh, he's mobile. I don't know if he's quick because there's been no evidence of that. He's certainly mobile because, you know, there was a couple of games he, um, he was sort of, him and uh, Cal McGregor were rotating mm -hmm. and he was getting quite far up the field. Uh, he seemed to have an excellent range of passing. Um, you know, he is a, a stocky wee man. Um, and uh, I wouldn't shirk a tackle. I think he could be a cracking right back, to be honest with you. I hope so. And, you know, and we might need him to be mm. as well, uh, yeah. because the way things are going with Johnson, and if uh, I, I don't, I don't Ralston's not on the bench. I've not even seen him in any he's of not, the yeah, pictures. So yeah. he's not on. He's not on the bench. So I don't know what's happening there. Uh, so we might need him to be a cracking fullback, uh, and. It's important for him that he is able to prove himself in multiple positions because there's going to be, if we get uh, a, a couple of decent midfielders in, there's going to be incredible competition in there um, for that. And for him, I would say, 
it's a good oppor- you know, a very good opportunity to prove his utility to the squad to make sure he's on the bench at least in every game. Because as we discussed last week, for ninety five percent of our games, we don't need defensive midfielders. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we, we don't need we don't need deep lying midfielders. Uh, so you know, he, he needs to be proving himself one way or another. And it looks like, you know, getting the nod here um, and given the injury list, I don't think that's a, just because we're in Japan uh, choice. I think that's, you know, the, the choice that we, um, you know, we, we have to make here because I don't think there's really much by way of other options um, unless Taylor moves across and Bernabe comes on. And, you know, I think we've seen that before and it didn't work particularly well. I'm just looking down the, the bench here. I don't, I don't see... The only other option there. is the young boy, Ben McPherson. He's a right-back, John. He's 19-year-old, oh, Scottish yeah, yeah, under-21. Yeah. So he can play right-back. But, like, as you say, I'm the same. I don't think Awat has been put in there just because it's a homecoming event and it's all about the confetti and all that kind of stuff for him. <laughs> um, he's in there because I think, yeah, he can do a job. If it's an overlapping fullback, I'll be hugely impressed. I'm I'm really interested to see how Taylor performs because he's played two seasons as an inverted fullback, and I'm guessing that we're going to adapt that and make him a completely different uh, player out in the left hand side. And Staffelt has to be a leader today, doesn't he? Staffelt has to be that man at the back, that rock. Yeah, well, I mean that that's really he is the the captain of that defence. You would say. I mean, yeah. Greg Taylor's been there well, but you know, uh, and there is uh, there is the argument here that everyone's been having. I think. You know, certainly from my point of view, Greg Taylor was a much better inverted fullback than he was just a, you know, a, a standard, you know, four four two kind of fullback. If you know what I yeah. mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, how how's that going to suit him? I don't know. Um, but he was, you know, Taylor added a lot of value getting forward in the midfield sort of positions. He was very very good. Uh, he was man of the match in plenty of our games last year, um, uh, and again. That was people having to change their minds about him because we had a fixed idea of what we thought Greg Taylor was capable of. Yeah. Uh, and then he changed our minds about what he was capable of. Um, I would say, though, that you know, going forward here, um, I, I would expect a lot of action in the next uh, number of weeks to happen, um, both with getting people out and getting people in, uh, because we are, as it stands... Uh, the squad is weaker than it was when we finished, uh, and uh, we've you know got guys coming back from injury and being out injured, um, and we haven't finished shipping guys out yet either. So we could still lose a couple of uh, better players. What was the transfer? I didn't. I, I was busy this morning, Paul John. What was the transfer news? That the, you well. It is one that will pique interest because it's one of these players. We've been talking about the fact that some of the players that, uh, in fact, all of the players that were brought in or are about to bring in so far, John Lucas, though, they're in that age bracket and that that um, kind of in terms of the financial element of it, they look like they could well be, you know, prospects, projects, ones for the future, however you want to describe them. Um, but today we've been linked uh, with uh, a centre-forward and it would cost us £6 million plus for him if we were obviously to, to get him. Um, Ferreira is his name. And it looks interesting also that, uh, you know, we've spoken about Tete, who is the, the player who has linked up with, with Brendan Rodgers in the past. That is something that's still floating around. And I think these are the types of signings that yesterday Kevin McCluskey spoke about in terms of uh, profile. 
Uh, and and the fact that you know th- these guys have proven themselves at a different level. Oh, I'm not going to say a higher level. I'm not being snobby about wherever anybody else has come from. Uh, but it looks as though they may well have been identified by Brendan. And, and that's not that we don't trust the recruitment team. They've done brilliantly, particularly in the last two years, John. Um, but, you know, you, you want to make sure that Brendan Rodgers is happy. And we know that recruitment was one of the issues that was a stickling point from last time round. I'm going to make this point. You you spoke about the versatility also of a water. Um, and we, we know that Hatati, if you ask him to play left back, he'll play left back. And Liam tells us that that is grassroots level football in Japan you will play three different positions because you need to be somebody that um, is of value to the team. And you look at some of the guys like Yakamakis, that really came back to haunt him because he could play one position, one position only. And if Kyogo's scoring goals, you're not going to get a game. So we can't put your you, wide. Look at Maeda. Maeda. Maeda can play both wings plus through the middle. Jota was so adaptable um, as well. And on the point of Jota, I'm going to throw this one in because you're talking about being weaker. What it has done is it's allowed Abada kind of t- to come out of his shadow, John. Abada's kind of been in Jota's shadow a bit. He's at that age as well. He's probably one of the, those players you spoke about who are maybe on the radars of various clubs around Europe, as are, I think, O'Reilly and Hatati. But I'm, I'm going to be really focused on Abada's performance because I think often he was given a start last season and he didn't make an impact. Then he would come on as a sub and he would really impress. What we need is consistency from him. Isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, all the tools are there. You know, we know he's a great player, but he, he, he just needs to be, as you say, consistency is the issue. But some people uh, never get that consistency. You know, some people can uh, just uh, blow hot and cold and, and never get that consistency. But Abada has all the tools. You know, we've seen it. He, he can be an absolutely clinical finisher. Uh, he can go past a man. He's got decent pace. He can get the ball in the box. He made and incredible his stats, you know, for for last year, year what were really really impressive um, for a guy who is not uh, essentially first choice. Um, so, you know, Abada has a good bit to prove, uh, but I, I don't know where his head is at the moment mm. uh, because I think, to be honest with you, his agent has already spent the money he thinks he's going to get from this transfer. Uh, so I think his his agent seems to be looking aggressively looking for a payday, yeah. uh, and I don't know if Abad has changed his mind about you know whether he wants to stay. We, as things stand at the moment, we could really do with him now. Obviously, we're supposed to have the, the boy uh, Tilio. Does he play right or left? He can play right. He can yeah. play through the centre as well. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, injured John. Unfortunately, yeah, and also the, the 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 Korean winger who I don't know you know we all think we've signed him, but uh, I don't know which wing he's on. Uh, you know, if, uh, but you're assuming they'd have to be either adaptable or you know um, we're short on the left now, so uh, that that's an issue. But again, it's going to be interesting to see if they if they do line up with Haksabanovic through the middle. That could be very interesting. Mm. Um, you know, because that means something else again entirely. Uh, you know, because it means that you know that they're, they're happy with Maeda and Abada as the wingers. They think Haksabanovic has something to contribute, but again, not on the wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or potentially, uh, Haksabanovic is dropping a bit deeper, uh, and uh, Abada and Maeda are more of a sort of front two. Maybe central, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it could be like, look, there's there's, there's going to be a lot here to. 
take out this game, I'll be uh, writing notes furiously to try and uh, work out what's going on positionally. We're, we're back, John. This is the thing. And a lot of people in That's the it. comment section are delighted that that feels almost like a match day, says Marquis. Um, I was just thinking also uh, that perhaps the announcement of the new signings, the South Korean boys, will happen under the lights at James Forrest testimonial because it is going to be an evening game, although I don't think it's going to be very dark. Uh, Thomas O'Hara, morning, boys. It feels like a cup final day. It does. We're buzzing here. It's a friendly. We know it's just a friendly, but we've been, we've really, we've been getting withdrawal symptoms um, since the pre-season started. Morning all, says uh, Football Voyeur 25. The boys are back. And Mark Tyler, uh, Martin Trainer, <laughs> sorry, says football's back. Absolutely. Paddy has yeah. to get up early and he and he doesn't enjoy getting up early to watch the, the football in the morning. And Ewan Boy Martin is delighted that he's his own boss. He can pick and choose his working hours. And a big uh, hail hail from Tony as well. Thanks everybody for getting involved. We really are going to enjoy this. John, I, I, I mentioned a blog that I did uh, before and I was looking at 10 players that I think that we should ship out. People are going to disagree yeah. with some of them and I appreciated that when I was writing it. But I'll tell you what I was interested in. Um, when I was writing it, I didn't quite, prior to writing it, I didn't quite realise just how little football James McCarthy's played in the last seven years, right? So when I actually started digging into to write this article, it became pretty clear that when we gave him his five-year deal, um, he was 30 years of age and some people, quite a few people looked upon it as a risk. But in the previous five seasons, we obviously his last club had been Crystal Palace and before that it was Everton. In the previous five seasons, James McCarthy had averaged 793 minutes of football per season over five years. So yeah. if if that was the equivalent of 90-minute games, he had played fewer than nine 90-minute games on average for five seasons when we signed him and we give him a five-year deal, right? Now, by the way, I know that he had horrific injury problems, but you know, this is why we probably shouldn't have invested in him at that point and given him the lengthy deal that we, we've given him. Now, since he's come into Celtic, John, that average has actually dropped, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's dropped to 401 minutes of football per season since he signed for Celtic, which is the equivalent of fewer than five games of football, five 90 minutes of football per season. He's on yeah. my list, and, and I'd love anybody to come in and convince me otherwise. He's got to go. He's got to be one of the guys that goes. Well, the, 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 the problem is, though, that this is the reverse of, you know, the the benefits of giving the young fellas five-year contracts is that you, you'll almost certainly get your money back. You give someone a 35-year contract, you're not getting any money back for that, uh, realistically. Uh, so... You know, it was a it was a mistake at the time. The majority of people said it was a mistake at the time, but the desperation, you know, desperate times um, make for desperate measures. So, you know, we, we desperately we really really needed bodies in. We just needed bodies in at the time, and it was a terrible decision. But again, we didn't have the scouting. Uh, that was typical of the kind of things that we were doing uh, before we got all this sorted out. You know, it was typical of the kind of really awful contracts and decisions we were making just mm -hmm. because somebody knew somebody's agent and somebody knew somebody was free and all the rest of it. There was no thought there of, you know, player trading models. And that was just, you know, let's get a body in the door. It was a really, really poor decision. But as I say, desperate times. Hopefully, I think that may have been the last time we ever see something like that happen. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about moving him on is, why would he? Why would he move? I know. It, because, he, you know, 
he's not like, like any, anyone that wants to sign him, Paul's going to sign him or pay for play. Exactly. Uh, and, and he's not going to play, so he's not going to get paid. So why would he move? He's comfortable you know, for uh, another three years here, John. Yeah, pipe and slippers, and he'll just be there uh, taking the money. And, uh, you know, if if he doesn't realistically think he's going to get a game elsewhere, uh, then, you know, he, he's just he's not going to move. And the chances of him getting a game elsewhere are pretty slim. Mm, yeah, yeah, John. I've got to say, I've I've been watching the uh, the footage there just as you were talking about James yeah. McCarthy as being one of the guys that need to go. Um, I'm not going to mention the Celtic kit; people are sick of me mentioning that. But the the stadium, the stadium looks, I would say, not even half full because the it's top not, tier, top tier is yeah. empty, isn't it? And yeah. uh, who on earth is in that hoopy outfit, right? Because they must be sweltering. Um, and I'm thinking about taking a hoopy outfit on the plane to Japan, right? I mean, what does that even look like, right? How did, does that happen? Why am I even sorry, talking about it? Sorry, Paul, John, I have to, the, the, the comment there, black salt and vinegar, the comment is James McCarthy in the hoopy suit. <laughs> Listen, that's your job for the next three years, John. I'll tell you what, there's always somebody sharper than me in that comment section. It wouldn't be hard. Listen, we're going to go for the kickoff. John, thank you very much. It was me until about three minutes before uh, we went live there. It was myself. So thank you very much for John for joining me. And we'll see you at half 12 as always. Enjoy the game, John, John Hughes. And thank you, everybody, for getting involved in the comments. Enjoy the match. And we'll see you at half time. On the hoops. Podcast Network.